she just said, you know, my goal is not to take away your job. My goal is not to take away from what you do as, as a mom, as a homeschool mom. It's to help you do it better. And she used the illustration of when the Israelites were in the wilderness and they were fighting and Moses went up on to the mountain. And when he would raise his arms, the Israelites would have victory. And when he would become tired and put his arms down, they would begin to lose. And so Aaron and her came on either side of him and held his arms up. And she said, that's what we're here to do. As video teachers, we're here to hold up the arms of weary homeschool moms. There's only one of me and I drink a lot of coffee, but you know, <laughs> there are only so many hours in the day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast, where our goal is to help you thrive in your homeschool journey. Before we begin today's episode, I just want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen or watch, including YouTube, and leave us a review if this podcast has encouraged you. Leaving a review also helps other homeschool parents like you find our podcast. As always, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook as well. So I'm so excited today about having our guest, Veronica Whitley, on the podcast. Once upon a time, Veronica said she would never homeschool, and she is so glad she was wrong. Today, she's been homeschooling for over 13 years and just graduated her oldest. She holds a degree in Christian education and is passionate about giving her children not only a strong academic foundation, but a solid biblical worldview. So stay tuned. I think you will really be encouraged. When my family started our homeschooling journey, there were so many decisions to make, but one of our best decisions was choosing to use BJU Press Homeschool. I've never seen my kids so excited to get textbooks before. I'm amazed by how interesting and interactive the lessons are. My kids actually look forward to them. We use the online video lessons for all our courses, but I know some families choose to teach from the textbooks. What I love is that I can trust BJU Press to uphold our values. The Bible and biblical principles are woven throughout each subject. I'll admit, I was a bit nervous when I started homeschooling, but I've found a wonderful online community of other BJU Press homeschool families and consultants. The Homeschool Hub also makes my job easier. I can set up our schedules and rearrange them with just a few clicks. On the dashboard, I can see each of my kids' progress and the assignments page shows me quickly what's ready for me to check or grade. I'm glad my son's biology assignments are automatically graded. BJU Press Homeschool has given us the tools and confidence to homeschool our children. For more information, do what I did and visit the BJU Press Homeschool website or talk with your local HomeWorks consultant. Well, hello, Veronica. Thank you so much for being with me today. Hi, it's good to be with you. Tell us, as we get started, a little bit about your family. I love your story. Um, tell us how you met your husband and then how you got into homeschooling, because I knew you said that was something you would never do. So I am a California girl, born and raised. I joke that I've been transplanted to Texas, and um, <laughs> I love it. My husband is from Texas. We met in college at the Master's College at the time, Master's University now. Um, as freshmen. I joke that I don't make a great first impression because I met him before he met me. He does not remember meeting me, but I met him pretty much day one and we became friends and kind of had similar 
social circles and just uh, got to know each other while we were at college. Um, he was raised in um, the Houston area and that's where we are now. So kind of come back home for him. <laughs> so tell us about um, your kids having kids and then what led you to homeschool? So we have um, four kids. Uh, my oldest is uh, 18. She just graduated from high school. And then we have um, an 11 year old, a 10 year old and an eight. She would want me to say almost nine year old. Um, <laughs> That's very proud important. of that. Yes, it is. It is. Yes, the older you become, the less important up. that becomes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, but when you're, you know, when you're little, that's that's exciting, and we love birthdays, so it's coming up here. Growing up, I wanted to be a teacher. Like that was. I went to college. I majored in Christian education. Now, did you go to Christian school as well, or were you in a public high school? Yes, both. Um, I went to public school for elementary grades. And then in junior high, my mom started working at our church and they had a Christian school there. So we got to attend um, the Christian school. So I got a little bit of both. I was not homeschooled. I had a lot of friends who were homeschooled at the time. And I always say never say never because I uh, told God I would never homeschool. That was, I didn't want to do that to my children. I didn't want them to be weird. Um, forgetting that I would have been their mom, making them, you know, <laughs> weird anyway, because <laughs> me. <laughs> um, but yeah, my husband was public schooled all the way through. So again, he had some homeschooled friends, but it was just not really something that was on his radar or a desire for him either. So we kind of assumed, you know, originally that it would be public or private school, that I would get a job as a teacher and that would be that. <laughs> so what changed your mind as, as dead set against homeschooling as you were, what changed your mind? Like I said, I was a Christian education major and um, my senior year, I was taking a class on um, the history and philosophy of Christian education. And we had to write a paper about some format, some, some type, some method of education. And most of the students were writing about the history of public school, about John Dewey, about just different figures in education. Um, and I like to be a little different. So um, going against the grain, I thought, well, nobody's writing about homeschooling. That's become a big thing in the last several years. I see a lot more families wanting to do that. And you were a good student and had researched your <laughs> professor. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, actually, that I found out after I picked my topic that my professor was very involved, had homeschooled his kids. Um, it was very involved in the homeschooling world in California where I grew up and went to college. And I thought, okay, I've got to impress him now because he knows his stuff. So <laughs> this isn't going to be like the, oh, I'm writing something. He's not going to have anything to compare it to. Oh, no, he right, like, right, had life gotcha. to compare it to. Yeah. So yeah. it was the most fun because I love research. I love writing papers. I'm like I said, I'm weird and I own that a um, little bit of a nerd. Um, so my kids come by it naturally, but I wrote the longest paper ever and just had so much fun researching it. And by the end, after looking back at Jewish education, looking at homeschooling in the eighties, how it kind of all really started in the US, kind of that resurgence. I talked to students on campus that had been homeschooled and were thriving in college and realized, you know, some of my closest friends were not as weird as I once thought. Um, 
you know, and they were doing great. And it just became something that the Lord really changed my heart about. And I really wanted to impress that professor. And God just used that to bring me around to what an incredible opportunity it could be to kind of have both of my dreams, to be a mom and to be a teacher. It just never occurred to me I could do both. And it just married both of those passions um, for me. So my husband was my fiance at the time. Um, he thought I had gone a little crazy because he <laughs> kind of walked with me through the whole process of writing the paper. And um, I was constantly telling him what I was learning. And by the end of the paper, he's like, you want to homeschool, don't you? I'm like, yeah, I really do. <laughs> So he took a little convincing, but he got on board and he is fully supportive and with us every step of the way. So, yeah. We have known each other now for several years and I just love hearing about your kids and your homeschooling and the things that you particularly love about homeschooling. So tell us some of the things as you have gotten into homeschooling that have maybe surprised you, but make you want to keep homeschooling. Education is big um, for me. I academics. I have always believed that you you know th there was a thought process. I think when I was growing up, and I don't think it came from my parents. I think it was just sort of an unspoken philosophy that was floating around that you couldn't be smart and spiritual. You couldn't pursue excellence in academics and excellence in your spiritual life. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like that can't be the case. We're called to do everything with excellence. And I think that's got to apply to the use of our minds. God in his word talks so much about how we use our minds and honoring him in everything that we do. I, I just always believed that that had to apply to academics. So a big part of it was I wanted my kids to have a good, solid academic foundation, a good school experience that would prepare them for whatever God calls them to. Um, but I also wanted it to be firmly rooted in God's word. To me, they just aren't mutually exclusive. Um, you have to put them together. Everything that we do in, in academics has to be founded in God's word, um, our reason for doing it, our, our motivation. So that was, that was huge. That's kind of where it started. After that, when we had our daughter, for a long time, we thought she was going to be an only child. Um, we had her, we decided to homeschool and she was our only child. And it was like, well, if this is all I get, I don't want to send her away for eight hours a day. I want her with me as much as I can possibly have her. After several years of infertility, secondary infertility, not being able to have another child, we found out we were expecting our son and then our daughter and then our third daughter. And, um, you know, they were all surprises. I'll say that. They were all surprises and welcome ones. Yes. Yes. But with such a big age gap, there's seven years between my oldest and my son, my second. And then there's 10 years between my oldest and my youngest. And I thought, you know, that's a big age gap. She's going to be at school the entire time they're growing up and they're not going to know their big sister. She's going to go off to college. I mean, she's in college. They're, you know, eight, 10 and 11. I felt like they would miss so much. Um, and so it then became this idea of family relationships and them knowing each other and being part of each other's lives. And then, you know, adding to the layers, my husband's a pastor. So our life is busy with church. His days off are, you know, not the weekends. Right. Mondays are our Saturdays. Right. So yeah. I just didn't love the idea of, you know, him 
being busy all day Sunday or us as a family being busy and then turning around on Monday morning and sending them off to school while dad's at home. Again, it was just a relationship. I wanted them to have a relationship with their dad. I wanted him to be a part of their life. Um, and I didn't want them growing up resenting the church for taking him away taking from him them. Away. Right. Um, that's right. I so just, I think that's, that's really powerful. Yeah. That's been a huge motivation to just keep going. And then that allows us the flexibility to be involved in our church, to be involved in other people's lives, um, you know, to drop everything when somebody needs something during busy seasons, we can adjust, you know, what we're doing. And so that's been a huge motivation and just kind of that continuing desire to keep going. You know, and I just want to emphasize too, for moms and dads who are listening today, how important those sibling relationships are. And sometimes we feel like um, that's not a worthy reason to homeschool, but I think family unity and sibling growing up together is such a powerful force, especially in today's world where families are falling apart rather than sticking together. I know we had the same thing. Our oldest child is nine years older than our youngest and we lost a baby in there and didn't think we would have more children. And so, you know, you, you really want to claim that ground of keeping your, your siblings close. And, and I, I love what you said too about the ministry, because we want our kids to feel like they're a part of our ministry and that the ministry is not set against the family, but a part of the family. I want to talk for just a few minutes about the your curriculum choice and how you came to it because I know you're a big books person. And I yes. and I, you know, I know you love living books and reading books and exposure to books and I have to tell you I share that same I, I share that same love. I am really a bookaholic. So tell me a little bit about your search for curriculum and what you ended up with. Like I said, um, I love to research. So when we first made the decision to homeschool, um, we were still in um, California where I grew up in the town that I grew up in, where my husband went to seminary. And I just started following um, other homeschoolers. I started looking at what they were doing, um, people that were just further along in the journey than I was, asking anybody I could find. And I came up with kind of what sounded like the preferred curriculum, like what everybody seemed to be using at that point. And, you know, I feel like the pendulum has swung a little bit um, at that time. So what would that be like 15, 16 years ago when I was starting to research it for my own family? Everybody was really big on literature-based um, curriculum, classical formats. Today, I feel like people are looking for a lot more of the STEM, math, science um, foundation. So you know, those, those trends change, but we are readers. We have bookshelves in every room. Um, you know, we just, that's what we love to do for fun. And so I wanted to raise my kids that way. And so I went to my first homeschool convention with my idea of what curriculum I was going to use. I had it planned out, told the Lord, this is what I'm going to do. And, um, I should know by now not to do that because he always likes to go, mm, really? You think so? No. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I, you know, I just, I had my plans, but, you know, a man devises his plans, but the Lord directs his steps. And we prayed going into this convention and it turns out the curriculum I wanted to use wasn't there. I didn't really get to look at it. Didn't get to show my husband, but BJU Press was there. 
And I had used it as a student in, in high school for some subjects. And so it was familiar to me. And there was just this draw. It just was everything that I wanted. It was very biblical. I knew that my kids would get a solid um, education from it. It's It was definitely not always easy for me as a student. Um, and so while I wasn't necessarily looking for a textbook experience for them, it was like the, the best fit that I could find. It just all of the little pieces was like, it was all put together in this one curriculum. And then there were a lot of things that I hadn't necessarily considered. Um, I wasn't looking for video courses. I thought that outsourcing some of those subjects to someone else was somehow shirking my responsibility or like I wasn't truly homeschooling. And when I say it had everything I wanted, I truly believe that God answered our prayer going in, um, you know, praying for wisdom because it had everything he knew we were going to need down the road. And those things I didn't think we would use have become such an invaluable tool in our family and in, in my kids' education. So tell me a little bit about the videos um, with the BJU Press Homeschool curriculum and how that works. Because, you know, I was the same way. I felt like it was cheating. Plus, when I started homeschooling in the 80s, there was no such thing. There weren't internet classes. There weren't videos. I began to see how much it could help as my children got into the high school years. There just wasn't a great availability. So tell us how you made that switch from realizing how supportive and helpful it would be as opposed to keeping you from homeschooling like you want to homeschool. I went to a little Christian school. There were nine people in my graduating class. I mean, I've joked that that's smaller than some homeschool families. So, (laughs) um, you know, it was a very small class. They offered a lot, but you know, being such a small school, if you wanted to go beyond kind of the standard curriculum, they had to get creative. And BJU Press had just put out Satlink at the time, which is Mm -hmm. like our video courses, but it was marketed to Christian schools. And so I actually had, um, I took physics through the Satlink course at my little Christian school. There were like three of us in this little classroom watching a video lesson. So I had experienced it. I don't know what I was so opposed to, but it just, that was school. I was kind of making that delineation. Like that was a classroom. This was homeschool. It was different. And then I was at a convention. My oldest wanted to take French and my background was in Spanish. That's what I took. I grew up in California, lived in the Southwest, Arizona, here in Texas. We speak Spanish. I, this whole idea of, of, another language was so foreign to me. Um, I was like, I can't help you with that. I'm like, take Spanish. I can teach you. I can help you. And so I had to find something. And um, at the time, BJU Press offered French as as a foreign language option. And so it was kind of like, well, if this is what she wants to do, you know, I don't know how God's going to use that in the future, but she just had such a passionate desire from the time she was like nine or 10 to learn it. And so that was kind of where I was like, okay, I'm going to have to use video courses for that. And I was still sort of like, "Mm, I don't know. And I was talking to one of our video teachers, um, Ivana Walker at um, one of our conventions. And she was just so incredible. The way she described her passion and her goal for what she was doing, you know, she, she just said, you know, my goal is not to take away your job. 
my goal is not to take away from what you do as, as a mom, as a homeschool mom, it's to help you do it better. And she used the illustration of when the Israelites were in the wilderness and they were fighting and Moses went up on to the mountain. And when he would raise his arms, the Israelites would have victory. And when he would become tired and put his arms down, they would begin to lose. And so Aaron and her came on either side of him and held his arms up. And she said, that's what we're here to do. As video teachers, we're here to hold up the arms of weary homeschool moms. I mean, I've got four kids trying to do, I mean, I think, what is it? Like seven, eight classes for some of them, um, four or five classes for others, upper level math and sciences. I mean, there's only one of me and I drink a lot of coffee, but you know, <laughs> there are only so many hours in the day and it was right. like, I needed, right. I needed help. My, you know, um, I still needed to do laundry. I still needed to make dinner. I still needed to be involved in my church and having these incredible men and women who are knowledgeable and passionate about what they teach, who I've seen over and over show how much they genuinely love the kids, even from a distance, you know, come into my home and help me to give my kids, like I said, I wanted them to have a good education. And this was just another tool that I could utilize to give them that. And, you know, my kids, they're pastor's kids. We go to a small church, they're homeschooled. So for a long time, the only input that they had spiritually or otherwise was me and my husband. And I'm like, I need to get them something that is going to give them another voice, you know, somebody else mm -hmm. in their life mm -hmm. that, that they can see an example of somebody that loves the Lord, that is passionate about his word, that's going to reinforce what we're trying to teach. These video teachers are, I, I couldn't have handpicked better people. These are the people I want influencing my kids. I mean, we're picky as homeschool moms about what influences we allow in our kids' lives. And these are just incredible men and women that not only come alongside and help teach and educate our kids, but help disciple and give them godly examples to follow. Right. You know, one of the things as you and I both have talked about the BJU Press Homeschool curriculum is that some people think if you use textbooks, you can't focus on individual children's interest. And so what I like to tell people curriculum is a tool, not a rule. And mm -hmm. I love some of the things you shared about some of the, the interests your kids have had throughout the year where you just stop what you're doing and let them focus on the study of tornadoes and weather. So share with us how that works with a curriculum where people think maybe it's too lockstep. You just need to learn how to use it. Textbooks to me, I, I will defend them. Um, just, you know, from the mountaintops, I have found them to be one of the best tools because, you know, I, I, I love when my kids get passionate about something. I, like I said, I love to research things. I will find things today that I want to learn more about. So I will go and research. I will get books from the library. I've been on a kick about presidents. So I'm checking out books and biographies about presidents and first ladies just because I'm interested. Using the textbooks for us, um, I look at it, I, 
it's a springboard to other interests. We will do a science unit. One of my daughters got really interested. We were talking about weather and weather systems and clouds, and she got super excited about tornadoes. I mean, we have them here in Texas, but not as prevalent as maybe other areas in the Midwest. Mm. But we have gone to the library and she will pick out every book she can find about tornadoes. And another one got really interested in hurricanes. So she's researching those. My son even got my daughter a little tube that you screw onto the two liter bottles of soda and you can make your own um, tornado. And that was her Christmas. That was like her favorite Christmas present one year because she was just so excited. One of her teachers had done that on the video class. Um, And, you know, we tried making one. And so that was like, that came from a science lesson, but it's kind of turned into this passion. Um, And so she's doing science experiments in her free time. My son loves U.S. presidents, loves U.S. history. Um, I do too. So, you know, he will go check out biographies on different presidents. He'll read about different battles in the Civil War. Um, You know, my oldest loves poetry. Um, That is not my thing. I will read historical fiction. I'll do biographies. I'll do nonfiction all day, every day. But I'm not a poetry person. And I love that our textbooks have opened up just different genres of literature, different subjects that are not my strengths. I'm not a math science person. If it were up to me, we'd do history and English all day. I will diagram sentences. I will, you know, um, we'll do research papers, but science experiments, those are messy. Those are, you know, I don't do art. I don't like poetry. That's too creative, I guess, for me. And yet our our textbooks have just given us this springboard because they've, they've opened up such an incredible variety of topics and things that I may not have ever introduced them to if left to my own devices. And they've discovered things that they're passionate about or that they're excited about, and they get to study on their own and learn about it for fun. And so it's literally accomplishing what I always wanted, which was to teach them to love to learn, you know, and because that's what they're going to do all their lives. You and I have a a common love for Elizabeth Elliot. And I think you said it was through a textbook that you were introduced to her for the first time. Yes. In In seventh grade, I was reading in our literature book at my, at my school. And we read an excerpt of Through Gates of Splendor. And in, you know, one of the little notes about the story, um, they noted that it was from a book and talked about the, the missionaries um, in Ecuador. And I was like, okay, I need to go find out. I need to see more about this. I need to read this book. So I went and found that book and that introduced me to all of her writings and, um, I just finished a biography by her or about her right before Christmas. So I'm still learning about her and from her. And yeah, it was through a textbook that I feel like I met, you know, one of my maybe biggest influences in my Christian life. And um, that was from a textbook. I may not, if somebody had handed me a book by her, I may not have been inclined to read it, but because I got to read it, I went and found it on my own to learn more about it. Um, you know, that started a lifelong sort of <laughs> fandom or, you know, 
discipleship through through her writings. Well, you know, when my children were little and we were using the BJU Press readers, uh, I read the story for Esther for the first time in my life. And that whole concept is God brings us to such a time as this in all of our lives. He's put us in a particular time, in a particular place on purpose. And, you know, so there are a lot of things I learned through my children's readers and some authors they exposed us to. And, and I love the concept of living books, but it, again, it's not an either or, you know, it can be a both and when you have a curriculum that you really love. So I want to talk about your daughter's experience when she was a senior taking the BJU Press Consumer Math course in how that changed her life, interestingly enough. She graduated this past um, spring. Um, she's a freshman in college right now. And she's never been a math or science person either. She is my language arts girl, um, loves reading, loves stories, loves writing. And, you know, as we were discussing future plans, we talked a lot about maybe taking a gap year, just working, sort of figuring out what she wanted to do in the future, just sort of talking through her her career options or college majors, potential colleges. We were doing the consumer math class together. And I mean, talk about learning from your students. Like that, we did that class together. And I feel like it was such a good review for me of just financial principles and being a wise steward. And I'm so glad she was getting that early on. And she decided that she wanted to go ahead and start college classes and get started on that, but she didn't know what she wanted to major in. So she's like, I want to stay close to home so that I can save money. She's working um, as well. And, you know, as, as we started talking about it, she's saving up for a car, she's saving up for car insurance. Um, you know, she's, she didn't want to go far away and, you know, in her words, waste money, figuring out what she wanted to do. She wanted to go into it, you know, purposefully and to save that money. And all of these principles, I mean, they're things that we definitely tried to teach her and talk with her about, but a lot of it was solidified in that course. And so, you know, she's got savings accounts. She's budgeting out her money from her job. She's, you know, being very wise with, you know, I can only take this many classes and looking at how much it costs versus how much a bigger university or college would cost. Um, and she said, you know, I can, I can get these things done and save. I mean, she worked it out and she said, if I go here to this school and she had the numbers for each unit and she's like, I am saving so much money. I'm saving you guys money, you know, and, and just the wisdom that she had in, in making some of those choices, a lot of it came from what she was learning and immediately starting to apply in that class. She's, you know, she even told me, I don't need a big expensive car. She's like, I just need something that gets me where I need to go. That'll be reliable. It doesn't have to be fancy. And she's like, and then I'll save for something later that maybe will be a little nicer, but you know, I don't need to go into debt. I mean, and just to see young people with that mentality of wanting to be wise with their money and their time. Right. Especially when we see kid, how kids are saddled with um, college debt these days. So I think those are really important conversations to have with your kids. Yeah. And that class gave us so many opportunities for good practical conversations with her, especially as she was starting to look towards going out on her own. 
how is she doing um, in college this year? You know, I, I was concerned. I mean, she's our first, she's our guinea pig, so to speak. Um, and, you know, she worked hard for her grades in high school. Academics, she, she's very smart, but um, she worked hard to get her grades. And I felt like we were both sort of holding our breath through her first semester of college. Like, okay, did, did, you know, we were both kind of being tested on whether or not we had done enough. And she finally, she got her grades back at the end of last semester. Um, She's got a 4.0 grade point average. And that's, I mean, she's working close to full time. She's taking a decent load of classes. Um, just, and she really, I mean, you, if you would ask her, she would tell you, she attributes a lot of that to the preparation she got through homeschooling, um, Mm -hmm. learning how to manage distractions, learning how to manage her time, um, learning how to study. She's going online right now. Um, so in some cases the format hasn't changed a lot for her, but, um, the workload definitely has, but she is absolutely thriving. And so I felt like we both kind of had that moment of like, okay, you really did pass high school. We really did do this. You're good. And, um, yeah. And she's loving it. She's loving what she's learning. And, um, it's neat to see that it's neat to see her enjoying it. And she's in a different context. She's out in the world. She's at, um, a secular university or university junior, junior college. Um, it's, it's a different group of people than she's been around. She's been, you know, in a pretty safe little bubble and watching her put that biblical worldview that we worked so hard, that foundation that we worked so hard to give her to put that into practice every day with her coworkers, with her friends. Um, She's had opportunities to evangelize, to share the gospel, to counsel people, and to see her do that so confidently and so biblically. It's, you know, I mean, it's encouraging as a mom because those hard days where she was distracted or, you know, the work was too hard or it was too overwhelming. And we were both in tears at times because it's hard, you know, those paid off the perseverance, the, the hard work, the tears, the prayers, all of it. I'm watching the fruit of that now in her. And, you know, it truly is the greatest joy to watch your children live out their faith in the world. And that's what, that's That's what I'm homeschooling for is to give her that foundation before she goes out there. We're not throwing her to the wolves. We're letting her use what she's learned and, and Lord willing, you know, God will be glorified and, and we're seeing fruit and it's just so exciting to see the adult that she's becoming and she loves the Lord passionately. And that's just the greatest thing. Thanks for being with us today for part one of this two-part series where Veronica Whitley and I discuss the powerful significance of teaching our children at home. Be sure to tune in for part two next week as we continue this discussion on learning style, socialization, and all things homeschooling. If you are looking for a homeschool consultant or need homeschool help, go to homeschoolhelp.com map and click on your state to find a consultant in your area. And as always, you can find me at zantyler.com and on social media. Thanks for listening. Until next time, bye.